Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Thanks for your company here on the Overnight Crowd. As always, pleasure to have all the interaction via the phone lines and via the text line as well, so keep them coming in. But right now it's time to jump back to the phone lines. One of our regular contributors from the Inner Sanctum, Alex Catalano, has been good enough to jump back on the line. Alex, how are you? Doing very well, Jen. Great to be here. Always a pleasure on the Overnight Crowd. Now, I saw that you were back covering AFL on Friday. You did the Western Bulldogs-St Kilda game. Talk us through it from your journalistic perspective. Yes, back in action. It was great to be up in the media box. It's been a good three months or so, so that was a nice uh, refresher. But, um, yeah, it was an interesting game. Um, obviously, the first three quarters pretty dominant by the Doggies. The Saints had a lot of those opportunities early, and they wasted them and then sort of mounted that bit of a charge late. But it was one of those too little, too late um, sort of things. So it was a, a very interesting game. I think there'd be a few dog supporters that'd be happy, but not entirely happy with what they showed. Uh, they're sitting right on the edge of the top eight now. So I think they've put themselves in a good position, but at the same time, probably not as convincing as they could have been. I think really Richmond's done Western Bulldogs a bit of a favour by um, losing to North Melbourne <laughs> the following, oh, the, yeah, the Saturday, the following day, uh, just allows Western Bulldogs to just be right on the cusp of it with them. St Kilda's still there as well, but lower down again by percentage. So Western Bulldogs definitely not just the winner on the scoreboard out of that, but I think um, the winner of the weekend when you look at those three teams, Richmond, Western Bulldogs and St Kilda. Yeah, definitely. Well, in that 8-12 to 12th range, the Dogs are the only ones that won uh, this week. It seemed like no one wanted to try and um, jump above because obviously Gold Coast quite disappointing against the Bombers and Port uh, couldn't manage to get the win, although they looked pretty good at times as well. So I, I still have no idea who's taking eights because it doesn't seem like any of them want to at the moment. It, yeah, you're right. It doesn't seem that way. There, there's been quite a bit in the media, I guess, with really expressing disappointment on St Kilda. Did you feel that being up there in the media box? Was that the sort of vibe that was coming out during the game? Yeah, definitely. I think it was a really disappointing performance, I think, from them, and especially after the game. Um, Rats, you could tell, was I'm sure everybody that watched the press conference could tell that he was um, not pleased with his team at all. Just like, I don't know, things that they would normally do well, they just weren't. So many um, kicks that were just going awry, and the experienced guys were panicking, and um, didn't seem to know what to do with the footy so many times throughout the game. I look at a guy like um, Jade Gresham, who since he's moved back into the midfield this year, playing basically every game, he's been really solid, but he looked a bit lost with the footy in his hands. Mason Wood had some great opportunities up forward and he couldn't do very much with it. Zach Jones barely touched the ball for the first half of the game. I just think these guys that are normally performing really well for them um, kind of let them down and, when you've got a lot of these young guys trying to fill big roles as well, like down in the back line with Tom Highmore and Cooper Sharman and a few of those boys, uh, when your leaders are letting you down, it kind of all fell apart from there. And I think that was the general consensus. Well, yeah. It, and again, it's been the consensus across the overnight crowd conversation since that Friday night game in St Kilda now with um, a, a real slide, I suppose, um, especially their past since the buy and all that sort of stuff. So we wait and see with St Kilda if they can turn their season around. One of the things that has been another talking point that I'm interested to get your thoughts on because it affects both AFL men's and women's is the fact that the AFL 
updated their vaccination requirements towards the end of last week. Um, we've got a few players in both leagues that that probably affects. Have you got some info on that? Yeah, well, we saw George Petrikios back at training for St Kilda uh, over this weekend. They're on their training camp at the moment. She's been fully in the thick of it. So um, that is an absolutely phenomenal um, you know, announcement for them and for their midfield and their squad in general. Um, I think we sort of heard the rumours going around and the word uh, that there was going to be some sort of change to it. It was still looking unlikely a couple of weeks ago, so I guess something must have um, happened pretty quickly. Uh, but, I mean, you know, most workplaces now have dropped the requirements, so I guess it was only a matter of time before the AFL and uh, other sporting organisations were following suit. Um, I think I guess the thing is with the, the AFL that they don't have to worry about players going, you know, uh, overseas, you know, things like the NBA, we've seen guys not able to travel up to Canada because of vaccination requirements and things like that. But um, I guess that means now, yeah, it's going to be easier for players like Patrikios and of course, Liam Jones, who uh, left Carlton at the start of the year because uh, he wasn't getting vaccinated, could potentially be back in the league in some way. Few clubs reported to be linked to him already. So that will be an interesting one to watch, I think. And they're two different um, situations, aren't they? Because Patrikios, I'm struggling to say that tonight, Um, (laughs) she was put on the inactive list and was maintained there, wasn't she? So she had a a roster spot, whereas Liam Jones effectively retired early. Am I getting that the right right way around? Yeah, I think the Blues offered to put Jones on their inactive list as well, but eventually uh, it was just came to a mutual uh, agreement to part ways. So I believe he will be treated as a delisted free agent if he wants to return to the AFL. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think that's how the rulings work out. Um, but yeah, Patrikios, they kept her on the list. They said they were um, committed to, to keeping her on, knowing that she would be able to return eventually. I think uh, they were probably hoping that it was only going to be one season that she couldn't play, and they're probably lucky it did work out, especially with the timing of this year as well. Um, but it, it's so good for them to have her back. Uh, you know, you could see in the, the speech that she gave when she returned that the girls are all still really embracing her, despite, um, you know, the fact she's been away from the club for so long and um, the circumstances, I guess, are still sort of a little bit clouded. Um, but, you know, she talked about having a really hard time during it, um, being away from the club and that kind of thing. So, I think it'll only be good for them to have a player of that talent, especially when you look at Tiana Smith still recovering from her ACL and Tilly Lucas-Rod leaving. They desperately, desperately need to get her in that midfield. And we're sticking with the AFLW theme, this one on the downside, the negative for Melbourne, they've actually lost a, a key part of their midfield forwards lineup in McNamara. Has, what, what injury did she do? It was something to do with her spine, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the report was so horrible. I couldn't help but feel for her. The freak accident in the gym where she was um, doing some weights work and just lost her balance and landed awkwardly and fractured her spine, which is just a horrible injury for a, such a young player to have to go through recovering from now. Uh, but it, it is an interesting one for the Ds because she was such a key contributor uh, across last season. She really came into her own as a winger, and I think she was a really important part of how they managed to accelerate their game through the midfield. Um, you know, she was, along with the likes of Karen Paxman and Lily Misson, um, were doing great things there. But 
having her out of the midfield rotation, not being able to play along the wing, move up into the half forward line, I think it changes a little bit for them. Uh, a few players might need to do a bit more work now. I think Paxman's probably a player that, you know, she doesn't look like she's slowing down at all, but um, given that they're going to be playing two seasons in such a short time, might have been managing loads a little bit more than she would have last year. So I think that'll hurt them a little bit through the midfield. Um, and then someone like Alyssa Bannon uh, probably has a bit more responsibility too, where we saw her really shine as a forward, but we know she can play on the wing as well. So we all expect Melbourne to be really good, but how they manage that and balance that with one of their first choice wingers out is going to be interesting. And what else has been happening in the world of Alex Catalano and the inner sanctum that we should be across here at the overnight crowd? Uh, yeah, I guess while we're talking AFLW, um, obviously the preseason uh, is well and truly in swing. We're only, what are we, five weeks away now? God, it feels like the preseason only just started, but they've really been in it for a month or more than a month now, I think, which is crazy to think, just about as much time till the season starts. But um, yeah, we're putting a bit of focus on women's coaching months um, at the moment. We've got an interview with uh, Bulldogs young gun Gabby Newton coming up soon. So um, very, very excited to get that out there. She's a great character. She's been doing a bit of coaching with the Northern Knights while she was recovering from her shoulder um, and probably the most mature 20-year-old I've ever spoken to. So it's a great chat with her. I can't wait to get that out there. Um, but generally, more AFLW goodness coming up, more Commonwealth Games goodness coming up because that's so close as well. Um, so we're getting our coverage of that going over on the Inner Sanctum. There's plenty to look forward to over the month of July and heading forward because the sport never sleeps. Jen, I'm sure you know all about <laughs> it, uh, but it just seems like everything keeps going. It does, and I'm glad you keep going as well. So thank you for your time tonight, and as always, look forward to chatting to you next week. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Alex Catalano joining us here on the Overnight Crowd from the Inner Sanctum, theinnersanctum.com.au, where you can catch up um, with, as Alex said, sport doesn't sleep, which is great for us because none of us are sleeping at the moment. That's why we're having some chats. Get in touch on the other side of this on the Overnight Crowd. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.